orgasmic enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Fertile at 45. There are so many pregnancy myths and misinformation out there that it is truly a delight to bust them all. Birth is painful. Nope. Birth is actually meant to be the biggest orgasm of your life. Birth is long and tiresome. Nope. Birth can be short and easy peasy. Pregnancy is a chore and a burden. No. Pregnancy is one of the most epic experiences you'll ever have and truly makes you appreciate the magic and power of the female body. The safest place to have a baby is in a hospital. No. Actually, it's the most dangerous. The safest place to have a baby is at home. You need an OBGYN to deliver your baby for you. <laughs> LOL, no. <laughs> your body and eons of encoded wisdom know exactly what to do if you can remove all of the bullshit programming and indoctrination that tells you otherwise. It's risky to have a baby over the age of 30 or 35 or whatever the arbitrary number is that they invent. No, so long as you are healthy and have a clean lifestyle, you can get pregnant whenever you like. And that is the topic of today's podcast, conscious conception and a woman who is pregnant with her first child at age 45. Kathleen has taken a few of my salons and then signed up for Sexy Mama. Within months of trying, she and her partner conceived. In her words, we never went to see a doctor. We just trusted that it will happen naturally. She was afraid of natural birth prior to taking Sexy Mama. She'd bought into the fear-mongering for most of her life, the sole purpose of which is to shepherd women into hospitals by convincing them the lie that childbirth is far too dangerous to go through on their own, and she transcended it to the point where now, after completing the salon, she is, quote, totally comfortable and will not even consider a hospital birth. We'll hear from Kathleen in a moment. Here are my top three suggestions for natural conception. Number one, diet and detoxification. An unhealthy body will not make babies, and when it refuses to, it's actually doing you a favor. By forcing a body to get pregnant with the shit show that is IVF, you increase the chances of birth abnormalities. I mean, of course, I don't get how this doesn't make sense to people, but I guess if you buy into the allopathic narrative of everything is random, then you would think that all you need to do is force your body to do something that it is very wisely telling you not to do right now. Aggressively commit to cleaning up your diet and lifestyle and detoxify your system, and then you will be creating a nourishing environment in which to conceive and grow a baby. 
Number two, your relationship. So Kathleen had taken vaginal kung fu. She went through it no less than three times. She met her partner and then he took sexual mastery for men. So these are clearly both people committed to their growth and evolution as individuals and as a couple. Your relationship is the foundation for your child. Indeed, your child is the symbol, the essence of the union between you. The deeper work to do is to feng shui your relationship and confront all of the unspoken, unresolved issues between you that take up space. You need that space for your baby and for your epic sex life that is going to be the foundation of your parenting. Number three is your own sexual journey. Birth is a sexual act. Many will try to tell you it isn't, but this is the major problem. It is. It's the culmination of what begins at conception. The greatest way to facilitate an orgasmic birth is to be intimately connected to your sexual self, to have orgasmic mastery and deep vaginal reconnaissance. Know thyself. Your cervical orgasms are your portal into the divine feminine. They open the door to your highest potential. For people who have vestiges of religious programming within them, this is the time to clear it out. The Madonna whore archetype that has been shoved down our throats, and not in a good way, for as long as we can remember, <laughs> is creating this divide in women between their spirituality and their sexuality, between being a mother, a virgin, <laughs> and a sexual being. It's this massive dichotomy that people need to do conscious work to examine and recreate within themselves and forge a new path. So your task is to emerge in the middle ground as a voracious and sensual woman and a mother. This is a sexual reconciling to be done for all of us. And the sooner you start, even in conception, the more space you clear. Now let's hear from the lovely Kathleen. I love that she trusted the process and she did the real inner work to conceive. No doctors, no tests, no listening to the naysayers and the snake oil salesmen, aka OBGYNs. She did the sexy mama salon and she became confident to listen to her own inner guidance because mother knows best. Hello, Kathleen. Thank you so much for being with us. Hello, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's begin at the beginning. And what were your beliefs and ideas about having children? Did you even want to have children? And what was your impression of pregnancy and childbirth based on all of the media and programming that you've taken in throughout your life? Sure, sure. <clears throat> yes. So in most of my life, I was always really sure that I don't want to have children. I I don't know. It was just like it was I was very convinced that that's not something I want to go through. And just to think about, you know, being pregnant and having my body go through in such extreme changes, is kind of scared me. So I never thought that, that this is something I wanted to do. But by the time I turned like 43, I started to seriously question my decision. <laughs> and uh, that's when I started first realizing that maybe I want to have a family. I might want to have this experience of motherhood. But like I said, I, I just, I don't know. I 
grew up in a, in a country in, in Hungary, in Europe, and I just somehow had this programming that being pregnant and giving birth is, is, is just not a pleasant experience. It cannot be. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't think your experience is all that much different than the way it's portrayed all over the world, right? Like even in, I think in the biblical writing, it said, you know, women must have pain because in childbirth to punish them for being so slutty, right? Like that's like the dominant religious force in the West is telling women like this is going to be horrible for you, right? And then that gets... yeah. Yeah, I absolutely remember that. As a child, I went to church. So, and and I remember that from the whole thing that women suffer from childbirth because it's a punishment. It was definitely in my religious. I wasn't so that my parents were not religious, but all my friends in school went to church. So me and my sister also went to church for many many years. And yeah, that was definitely one of those programming that women need to suffer for the punishment with childbirth. So Yeah, and then that gets reinforced through all of the media and television and movies when we watch women giving birth, and it's always this heinous, torturous experience where they're in the most excruciating pain of their lives and screaming at the top of their lungs and always in a hospital, and you know, and then a doctor <laughs> comes in to cut them open or cut their baby out or you know save them in some way, right? Like they couldn't do this alone. The doctor must do it for them, and oh, now we can. Really relax, the doctor's here. Oh, thank God the doctor's here. You know, like that whole notion, which just is so, I mean, how would any woman, quite frankly, if they didn't just get pregnant by accident, what would motivate any woman to want to have a baby, you know, through watching all of that? I mean, I guess they show you afterward, like the woman's, oh, so happy, like cuddling her newborn baby, the drugged up baby. Um, But in general, if that was your only introduction, apart from okay, so the, you know, the examples of motherhood we see in our day-to-day lives, but the way they portray the whole experience is, yeah, like a punishment. It's torture. Why would you? Why would you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's also where I grew up. It was also if you have children, it's like your life is over. That's it. You know, you and you you have to take care of your children. And even if you have a husband, your husband is not so big part of it. At least that's how it was in my family, you know. And my mother, she was just a mother figure, so she loved that role. But I wasn't sure that this is for me, you know, that that's it. My life is just being at home raising children. Right. And I think there's a big part of that um, programming in North America as well. Right. Like women are the primary caretakers of the children and, you know, the husband might change some diapers. at I mean, I think more and more there's growing to be more like participating fathers, but often it's not, you know, and part of that is by necessity, like where a woman, if she's breastfeeding and, you know, attachment parenting in that sense some of that is natural but I think that gets extended into like the brunt of that falls on her and then in most nuclear family situations where if it's just the mother and the father and he's off working she's isolated she's alone and so all of the the grunt work and the tedium you know which a lot of parenting there is a lot of work to do falls on her right and so the more like positive and 
loving experiences that are a huge part of parenting, I think get washed away with all of the work that's done if she's on her own and isolated in that way. So these ideas aren't yeah. far off from how most people experience motherhood either. Yeah. So what, what changed for you then that you began to open up to it? And when you did open up to it, how did that go? Because you're now, and then what did that result in? <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty much single for 10 years before I met my partner. So I was I most of my life I was single. I had a couple long relationships. So at the time I turned 30, 43, and I think it was maybe 2020, I was pretty isolated. I couldn't really travel and see my family. And it just kind of came to me like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone with my cat. I'm going to be an old lady with my cat and no family. So I just started to kind of have this thing that maybe I want to have a child. I want to go through this. I want to have, I want to be a mother. And um, and just kind of soon after that, I met I met my partner, and it just it was a perfect match in a way, you know. So it was a really interesting time, and that was after I also went through your vaginal kung fu course like three times in a row. So I did a lot of work on myself also. And when we met, it was just a click. We moved together within four months. And we moved together in April, and in June, we decided to start trying to get pregnant. And then I enrolled in your Sexy Mama course. And so we just kind of, he enrolled in, uh, in your um, Sexual Mastery for Men. So we really dived in deep. You did. We Very like, committed. Okay, he's, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm 45, he's 49. So we were like you know, we can date and see how it goes, or we can just move together and go for it. We are mature. We know what we want. <laughs> so everything just happened so fast. And and then I'm a bit of a control freak. So when we like started to try getting pregnant and it didn't happen right away, I was like, oh, wow, it's not really 100% my decision this time. And I, I'm like, it's, it's maybe we are old. It's taking for a while. But, you know, less than a year, by the summer solstice this year, I find out I'm pregnant. So it was, it just kind of everything happened perfectly, you know? That's amazing. And you guys didn't do any kind of testing or outside interference. You just, you did a lot of this internal, emotional and sexual work because you did VKF, you yeah. did SMM, and then you did Sexy Mama. So yeah. you were doing that huge amount of really deep, powerful work, yeah. but you didn't get you know worried if you didn't get pregnant right away that you should go get see doctors and get tested and think about IVF no. like you clearly did. No, and it's really interesting because most of my friends who I shared my experience, they were like, at least go to a gynecologist, see if everything is okay. And I'm like, I know exactly what the gynecologist is going to tell me, that you're 45, what are you trying to do, you know? So I'm like, there is no reason. So, and we also decided that we are... We are not going to get so obsessed about this. You know, we're not going to go to the doctor and do all kinds of fertility treatment. We were both really sure that if it's meant to happen, it will happen naturally. And if it's not, then we can let it go. It's all it's also good. You know, you know, we made a lot of changes in our diet. We, we did a lot of emotional work. 
you know, I went through your course, but I wasn't gonna go and see a doctor to tell me some nonsense that I have no good eggs left anymore, you know? <laughs> I <laughs> and love just it. discourage me completely. <laughs> right, right. And, inc- and, and try to get you to give your power away. Right. So instead of, yeah. and I love that you had that attitude of if it happens naturally, so be it. And if not, then so be it. Right. And we do yeah. these things within ourselves. We, you know, detoxify, we make sure that we're eating well and consciously and we do our inner yeah. emotional work. And this is all of the stage setting that is creating fertile ground for a baby to come, regardless of your age. And in your case, age 45. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and it was just so interesting because each month, you know, we would like, you know, it started like doing like the whole concept of when I'm ovulating. So I knew exactly. And so each month we were like, oh, it didn't happen. And I feel like when we actually conceived, we didn't do anything different that month, you know. So it's just like this magical thing that in one month it happens and next month it doesn't. And it's really not 100% my control but I guess everything just comes to, if it's meant to be, it will happen. And a culmination of all the work that you were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when you took Sexy Mama and you said that initially when you signed up, you didn't feel comfortable with the idea of having a home birth. And now having taken the salon and now that you're pregnant, you've said that you feel totally comfortable with a home birth and you won't even consider a hospital birth. So walk me through that transformation of where you were and then how, because the Sexy Mama Salon works on a bunch of different levels. I've done a ton of very thorough, impeccable research about the facts, right? Of like what happens in the hospital versus what happens at home and what's more conducive to a birthing woman, you know, the state that a woman needs to be in to facilitate an easy, smooth, natural birth. And that's not in hospitals and being in hospitals actually sets the stage for a woman to require interferences because her birth is much more likely to stall in such a, you know, violent sort of unsafe environment. So walk me through that process for you, like how that felt going through that material and feeling yourself open to this possibility to the point where you've become very super confident and have ultra faith now in your body versus having faith in the system sure yeah you know like even initially i knew that that going to the hospital is not the best experience to giving birth but i was also really scared to do this at home i thought you know i had this motion that you know women and babies die if there is no medical help and maybe i'm not going to have a best experience being in a hospital but i know i will survive and my baby will survive right like you know in emergency situation this is like one wonderful thing that happens with the interventions that they save everybody well except that the u.s has the highest maternal mortality rate in the developing world and the highest infant mortality rate in the developing world and so the irony is though yes that's what they sell people on but the truth is that that's not the case is that you know women are dying of all of these interventions and babies are dying of all of these Mm -hmm. interventions so it's the opposite Mm -hmm. of what they try to sell people on yeah yeah so 
yeah, it's like, you know, it was just a scary thought for me to do that at home. It was just, in my mind, it was like not a safe option. So going through the salon and finding out about all the beautiful stories and information and bird stories, you know, through Aina Megeskin and all the books you recommended, I started reading everything. And then we watched the... Um, orgasmic birth and women birthing with dolphins in the ocean and you know we watched it together and at the moment I remember my boyfriend said that's it we have to we have to go to the ocean we need to give birth at the, in the ocean with the dolphins this is like the most amazing thing so we were just blown away by this information you know and then it became so real that there's no way that we're going to the hospital there's just no way we gonna, we're gonna have this you're going to have a good birth. It's not scary. It's not dangerous. And, as you know, there's always the option to rush to the hospital no matter what. But why start there? So, yeah, all these stories. And way before I became pregnant, I had the audio book in my car, Ina Megeskin's book, um, Spiritual Midwifery. And I was listening to all those birth stories constantly. So... It was amazing. And yeah, and everything we learned in the salon, you know, more and more details about the hospital birth. I was like, oh, my God, like, it's horrific. And yeah, I'm 45 and they're not even going to give me a chance to yeah. have a natural birth. Yeah, right. So I love that your partner was fully on board in this process with you. And that's obvious, by the way, like he signed up for the work with you, like taking the men's program and then going through the sexy mama journey with you. And then so is he um, are you going to have an ocean birth? Is that the plan? No, we're not going to have ocean birth. We're going to have a winter baby and in February. So we're not going to have an ocean birth, maybe a water birth, you know, I'm still not sure about that either details, but now I have a midwife and we're planning it to be home. And yeah, and it's, it's, it's really obvious for us right now that this is what we're doing. I also know, you know, like my mother is coming from Hungary and she wants to be part of the birth. And I just made a decision and had a big talk with her that I don't want her to come for my birth. It's a big thing, you know, but it's she's just curious, you know. She's also had all of us at the hospital, so I don't think it's going to be supportive for me, no matter what's her intention. So I think I just want my partner, I want my midwife, and then maybe one more person who is really helpful and supposed to be there, you know? Mm. Well, that's a brave thing to do because people get pressured, especially with close family and mothers and siblings to be present. And if you are not feeling 100%, like having that person in your space is going to relax and open and support you. If there's any, you know, residual uncleared stuff, which with family there, you know, typically is that it could be an interference. And so that's very brave of you to say that and, you know, not feel like you have to please this person. It's your birth and your experience and you have the right to create it exactly the way you want it to be. Totally. Totally. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It was hard. It was really challenging for me to, 
to do that and say no to my mother, you know, who I really cherish and always want her to be happy. But I just, this is about me. It's, it's now my time for me and that's it. Yeah. And she can come later. She can come and see the baby yeah. and support you yeah. and help you later on. So, yeah, she's coming after. So it's going to be great. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to share about your journey from where you were to where you are now and anything that you might want to give as advice to women, let's say in their 40s who are looking at having babies and haven't done it yet? Yeah, you know, I think the one thing, because once I got pregnant, I did go to an OBGYN and I got a family doctor because I haven't, I think I haven't been in the doctor for 20 years. I haven't had a blood test. So it was just, and I think it was also just for comforting myself. So I still went to the OBGYN, I still had a doctor, but then I realized that wow, they really putting a lot of fear. And, and they say every time I go there, they're like, oh, this is your decision, no pressure. But there is a lot of pressure <laughs> still, you know. And so I just feel like if if you want the security also, you know, in this age and, and not just have a midwife, but see a doctor, you just have to be really strong and have very good boundaries to, to hold your ground when you go to a doctor. So because I wanted to do that and just, you know, and I wanted to have one ultrasound, so I did that. But it was very challenging to not to get pushed into something and also not to put seeds of fear into my decision and what I'm doing because they're really good at putting these little things and you're like, oh, wow, maybe, maybe they're right, you know? So I think because I know a lot of women in my community too that if that you want to have a home birth and you want to do it naturally, but you still have some of these back and forth that maybe I still should see a doctor. And if you see, you just have to be really hold your ground and really be sure to go there with that you know what you're doing and no one can convince you to change. Yeah, and it's a tricky and thing because... Yeah, like yeah. you said, I mean, if you have, and I think Sexy Mama is really good for that because they go through all of those things, you know, and like, do yes. you really need this? And um, also the list of questions to ask your OBGYN so that you can interview them and really put them to the test. Um, I did an episode on this like a few years back, questions to ask your OBGYN and I'll maybe list some of those later. Um, but um, to really, you know, do they actually know what they're doing? Is Have they ever actually birthed a baby naturally, you know, without intervention? Um, yeah. But yeah, it is something, it's a very like, I think, thin line to traverse because as soon as you you enter into their space you're exposed to their world and their worry yeah. and their their by routine interventions right like their interventions yeah. that's the problem their interventions aren't just oh they're just because there's like an emergency it's just just how it is right yeah. and so yeah. the the whole process is one massive intervention and yeah it would be difficult if you're not strong and confident yeah. with yourself to go in there yeah but Mm. But I feel like going to Sexy Mama gave me so much confidence because it just gave me so much information. And I went really deep reading and I was ready to, when I went to the OBGYN, I, know my, I knew my stuff. I knew what I'm talking about and no one can really confuse me. So I think this was just 
that's why I, I learned so much, you know, about natural birth and the risk of this and this and this. And when I went to my doctor, I was just like, I'm not being unresponsible. I'm being extra responsible. I know my stuff, you know? So were they challenging of you? Were they a bit irritated that you were, you know, standing firm in your belief? Yeah. So yeah, in a really, in a beginning, without even asking me if I'm planning a home birth or not, because basically if you tell your OBGYN that you're planning a home birth, they will stop seeing you after week 20. That's it. You get no support. So it's really interesting. So if you want to kind of follow through with OBGYN, you have to kind of pretend that you're going to, (laughs) you're planning to go to the hospital and you don't tell them you're having a home birth, which was mind blowing for me. Where are you? What state are you in? I'm in Northern California. Yeah. In the Nevada city area. And this area is actually, there is a lot of amazing uh, midwives and I know a lot of women now that have home birth. We even had a um, birthing center here, which actually just closed, unfortunately. But so there's a lot of uh, more new age women, and, and it's more. It's not so like you know. It's it's kind of popular to have a home birth, and still, if you go to your OBGYN, there is no collaboration at all. You know. And that was mind blowing for me because I had no idea. I thought I can just talk to my doctor and they're going to support me on this. And no. So after I think week 11, 12, when I first went by my second appointment, the nurse practitioner just told me, you know, I'm not sure if this care is for you because because I was so difficult. So I was like, so you're trying to fire me or what's happening here? You know, and I was like, I think I can make this decision because, you know, I wanted to get out of my one 20 week ultrasound, which is like this big ultrasound with a lot of things they can say. So I was kind of committed that I want this ultrasound and, and then that's it. So I wanted to continue going there. But yeah, it was just like, wow, I'm like, she's in a nice way telling me that uh, maybe you should see someone else. This is not a good fit. And I'm like, Wow, I'm like, I'm gonna, this is crazy. And then, you know, now they relaxed. I bring my fetoscope, my manual fetoscope I bought, and I let the doctor listen to the baby's heart with that. So I don't use the Doppler. And they, they're okay with me now. They just kind of like relaxed right. with all the testings, too, you know? At some point, they, because with my age, there was just a lot of different testing. And I told them, look, if some woman, maybe, if someone, that's how they feel relaxed with the pregnancy that all the test is negative that's great but this is just putting fear in my body i don't want this test and i'm like i'm having this baby no matter what if there is an issue i will deal with it in the end and that was kind of the point when they were like okay so it's all good i'm like yeah so this test not gonna change my decision i'm having this baby and if has a down syndrome I will deal with it. <laughs> so, and then they stopped pushing the test. Right. But yeah, it was, it was crazy experience, really. Wow. 
Yeah, it's a it's a tough one, and it's just it's just it is shocking that like it's sort of all or nothing. Like you have to step into their system. I mean, it seems like you've created something of a middle ground with what you're doing with them, but for the most yeah. part, they want you to fully step into everything, right? You just need to comply yeah. and obey with everything that they ask of you or tell you to do. Yeah. And if you don't, okay, maybe this isn't for you. You know. Yeah. Then you're on your own. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Well, is yeah. there anything else that you'd like to add from your experience? How do you feel being pregnant? So you're 45. How does pregnancy feel to you? You know, it's been it's been really nice. I didn't have any morning sickness. I had a tiny bit of nausea for like a week in the first trimester. It was just more of like being more cautious and picky about my food. Certain things were like they didn't feel right. But I've been feeling super good and energetic. Now that I'm almost six months pregnant, sleeping becoming a little bit of an issue and, you know, uncomfortable. But I see an osteopath and I exercise. I get a massage sometimes. So, yeah, the body work really helps, I think, with all the little aches and pains. Mm -hmm. But I feel great. I have good appetite. I have lots of energy. So it's been nice. And how about your relationship? Like, it sounds like you've been in a good place. But you know, part of what we talk about in Sexy Mama is that the connection between the parents is it really sets the stage for having a positive birth experience and a positive pregnancy. When you are close and connected, these things bring you closer, rather than for many people, they're not as close or they don't have the kind of anami gourmet sex kind of emotional deep sexual connection and so with a more superficial relationship they tend to it pregnancy can even exacerbate and create more distance in the relationship and so can the birth especially when they have a more hospital style crisis traumatic birth yeah. that then leads them even further apart so what would you say you know what the, the kind of work that you were doing through all the Anami salons leading into the pregnancy and where you are now, how, what would you say about all that? Yeah, no, I feel really lucky. My partner is, is amazing. And from the beginning we met, he was on board. And when I introduced him your work, he was just all in and is like super excited also about that. I'm so interested in growing our sexuality, you know, he, and then once we get pregnant, he's, I mean, he's been so supportive and so amazing. And I think, you know, in the first trimester, we did have a little bit of like a lower libido, you know, and, and I had my moments of like, oh my God, we're not, what hap what's happening to our sex life? It's like, it's a little bit going down. And he was just, oh, just relax. You're pregnant now. Like, we don't have to have the same crazy fire for a moment. But then once we get into the second trimester, we had so much passion and fire. It's just like became like a whole extra level of sexuality. So yeah, it's, it, it has its waves now because of my pregnancy, you know, but it's been... It's been super nice and he's been so supportive and just he's so also I feel like he's became even more attracted to me because I have these big boobs, I have, you know, <laughs> these hips and it's just like a whole different it's like a different 
staying in bed because I'm changing so much, you know? How else would you describe your sex life now that you're pregnant and you're enjoying that energy cultivated between you? Wow, it's it's just juicy. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I feel like I became more feminine, more juicy in some ways, you know? And I don't know what, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful, really. (laughs) I, I loved being pregnant and I, I've, you know, felt very, very desirous throughout my pregnancy. Like sex was completely heightened. Like every touch, my nipples being touched, my pussy, like every part of me was just electrified times a hundred, you know, and I'm already someone who has a high libido and obviously interested in sex and love sex, but that was just off the charts. I mean, it's like worth getting yeah. pregnant again, just <laughs> to have this like very um, amplified experience sexually and the connection, yeah. you know, during that yeah. even more so, right? Like this kind of, cause you're cracking open this other dimension, right? By bringing in this new soul. And I feel like we then as the couple have access to that, it's like a portal is opening up and we have access to these higher states of consciousness and higher, higher planes of existence all the time throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. Yes. I feel that big time. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, any parting words that you have? Mm, wow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just so excited to go to the next phase, you know, to have to have my birth. I'm excited. It's like this is something I was always afraid of and thought of not having children because it will wreck my body to have babies now i'm looking forward to my birth experience Mm -hmm. and and yeah it's just a really really exciting time and he's really looking forward to it and we just we're just super happy that we we're having a baby at this age at this time you know beautiful yeah i love it all right well we'll get to interview you later when hear your birth story <laughs> that would be nice to see you here again. <laughs> right. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much for everything. Like you've been in my life for so long. I think 2006 was the first time I did your vaginal kung fu, and and it's been a really amazing journey. So thank you so much. In the Sexy Mama Salon, I walk you through the entire conception, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey. We address everything from diet to detoxing to cultivate the most fertile ground to conceive within. We go deep into the energetics of fertility, ensuring that you've created space in your life to welcome in this new soul. This also includes looking at the container of your relationship and strengthening your emotional and sexual connection. The salon also covers blissful pregnancy, orgasmic birth, euphoric postpartum, and free thinking early childhood. The salon begins today and the registration deadline is tomorrow, Friday, midnight PST. Go to kimanami.com, look for sexual savant salons, and then click on sexy mama. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.